Hello, I'm Hannah Ash, and welcome to the Shea Honey podcast featuring women who've made creative career change. Today, I'm talking to Maria Hanley, a teacher who, through an unplanned pandemic-induced transition, her words, now is very much a writer. Welcome, Maria, to Shea Hanley and the Inspiring Creative Career Change podcast. Please could you begin by introducing yourself? Good morning, Hannah. I am speaking to you from Santa Barbara, California this morning, and I am really excited to be here. We've chatted over Substack, and it's it's neat to be having a live conversation with you. Um, and I just want to make a note for listeners that Maria Hanley is my maiden name, and that's the name I publish under, just for purposes yep. of clarity. Great. Well, let's start by um, you telling us about your original career and how you found yourself there. Sure. So my professional background is in education, and I decided to go into teaching my senior year in college. I wasn't an education major, but I had some space in my schedule to take some electives. And I ended up taking an early childhood ed class, which I really enjoyed. And I think up until that point, although I had really enjoyed my major, which was international relations, I just didn't have a solid plan of what I was going to do post-graduation. And when I took this class, it it's it felt like a moment of clarity. Wow. And I thought, yes, this is what I want to do. I want I want to teach. And from there, I decided to get a master's in elementary education. And after that, I, I went into my first teaching job and I taught for about five years, various grade levels before I got married and started a family, at which point I ended up staying home with my children for about a decade and then yeah. returned to teaching shortly before the pandemic. Yeah. Okay. And at what point did you realize it was time for a change or did that just kind of happen? <laughs> yeah, it didn't just happen. It was the timing of it was definitely influenced by the pandemic. The way the best way I've I've come to describe it is that it was an unplanned pandemic induced transition for yeah. me. <laughs> and I I do I do wonder that if that hadn't happened what I would, maybe I would still be teaching. It's, it's quite possible, but what, where I was before, before 2020 was that I had, as I mentioned, been home for about a decade, um, focusing on raising my boys. And I was very set on returning to my teaching career at some point. And I had hit a point where we had moved and I had reinvested in um, in my in my teaching career and that I had to go back to school to update my certification. And, you know, I really put a lot of time and energy and focus into it. It was important to me. And and I had been working for about three years back in schools when um, the pandemic, you know, we all know what happened yeah. in March 2020 and then everything shut down. And so I had, I felt like I had been on a path back to where I, I wanted to be at that point. I thought, okay, I'm on track. I'm going to get back into teaching. I'll create 
a balance, you know, between my career and my family. And it was in my mind, you know, exactly as I had planned, but then things changed and the world shut down and sort of overnight as, I mean, everyone has their own version of what happened, but I had three children at home (laughs) overnight and trying to help them with their school. And then also having to help my own students online to finish out that school year and everything as we know just changed very quickly including um the opportunity the the job that i had because the schools had to make so many decisions very quickly and reorganize and shift the opportunity that i had changed um and i i had to reevaluate yeah how i was going to navigate the new reality. Um, and I made the decision to just pull back from teaching at that point yeah, because I needed to focus on what was happening in my household. And at the same time though, I want to say maybe late 2019, I had also started to perhaps wonder just, you know, I, I didn't even talk about it to anyone else, but just maybe wonder if there was something else Maybe something else I could do, something else. Uh, you know, I didn't necessarily think it was going to be something s- separate from teaching, but I just, you know, the question marks started to pop up. Yeah. And at that point, I had started to think about maybe a children's book. And I think probably that was influenced through my work in schools. You know, I, I, read a lot of children's literature. I worked with children every day. And so I thought, oh yes, that's a, that's a perfect overlap. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I had in my mind at that point. And when I started to think about that, I also, also realized that I really had no idea how to start that. (laughs) How does one do that? And I thought, you know, I'd like to take a writing class. Let's just give it a shot. And so I, found a very beginner level, low stakes, low pressure, self-paced course online. And I just started working on that. So that was late 2019. And it was just, you know, um, very relaxed. And I would work on it in the evenings and I, and I really enjoyed it. And so when the pandemic hit, I was still doing that. But what happened was when I pulled back from teaching, all this space and time opened up and I started to really focus on that. And what happened was I finished one course and I thought, oh, I just want to keep going. And I just kept building from there. Yeah. And so I think that that, again, it wasn't really a one solid moment when I thought, oh, I'm done here. I need to move on. Yes. It was, it evolved. Yeah. A series of, of events that kind of led to it and, and helped you to find yourself in that position. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And what point did you realize that you had become a writer? Mm. <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> I think I have to remind myself every day. <laughs> um, yeah, because I think a lot of it is giving yourself permission. Yes. Yeah. Kind of own that new identity. And I think I think that there was a point when I think at the beginning, I thought of it very much as a hobby because I was still holding on to that. Okay, well, things are a bit funny right now. We're all in lockdown. We're all home. But when things go back to normal, I'll just try to pick up where I left off and 
everything will come back together and I'll still work on this, but for now, this is, you know, getting me through this, this time. And, and the writing, the writing was the writing classes was, it was a bright spot for me during a very dark time, what felt like a dark time for a lot of us. Um, but I think when we started to come out of it and the world, you know, started to return to perhaps a new normal. Yeah. I think I realized I was so far into it that it didn't, it didn't feel like a hobby anymore. And I didn't want it to be a hobby anymore. Yeah. I was having, yes, a lot of fun, but I just felt so engaged and I felt like I had it was sort of like that moment when I realized I wanted to teach. It was a new clarity, a moment of, oh, this is this is what I want to do. This isn't what I just want to do as a hobby. I want to do this with my life. Like yeah. I want to do this as a job. Yeah. And I and as I said, I, I do have to work on every day just giving myself permission, yeah. but it's gotten a lot easier. Yeah. And Good. I you know, well, the thing is, no one is gonna hand it to you. You have to kind of just grab it and say, I'm doing this. And if I don't take myself seriously, how can I expect anyone else to? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I think the more I gave myself permission, the more I, I, it just gets, you know, it gets easier every day. Yeah. And I, I guess you invested in yourself um, mm-hmm. and invested in um, studying, you know, taking those courses during the pandemic. So you'd invested time and money and yes just your energy in in the writing courses so I suppose that maybe helped you to kind of feel the way you did a little bit yes validation perhaps Mm -hmm. I think that's absolutely right and I just knowing myself I I do better with structure and guidance and accountability and I do really value going to the experts and and relying on people who have gone before Mm -hmm. and learning from them because I mean, I, this is a midlife switch for me. So part of it is just timing and efficiency. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I want to learn from the people who know what they're doing. So there's that piece of it, but yes, you're absolutely right. Once you start to invest your, of course, money, but your time and your energy into something, it, it, um, you know, it, it means something. And, um, and I suppose to maybe, you know, not just with writing, I, I guess that any, you know, sort of creative venture has some equivalent, but I, I suppose the first acceptance I got when I had a short story or an essay published, when those things started to happen, it did start to feel definitely a little more real, like, yeah. oh gosh, you know, someone else out there yeah thinks that has deemed my writing good enough to go into their publication yeah. so yeah it, that's a huge that's a huge validation and of course you cannot you can't rely on it but no. it's wonderful it when it happens great feeling yeah exactly that that again it's it's an, another level of validation of what you're doing isn't it that you feel it's it's somebody else is is um viewing it in in a way that is really positive and they want they want you to write and so you you want to do more of it yeah um what have been some of the benefits of your switch to becoming a writer so far for you Mm, well I think 
I mean, number one, I think is, I think the first one, and it's, it's obvious is that I don't have to, my timing is flexible. I only have to report to myself right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. And that's, that's pretty easy and clear, but I think that it is, it is a real thing as a working parent and it doesn't really matter what you're doing, but I think anyone who is trying to juggle those two things has always had that moment of, you know, you're just pulled all the time. And the moments that come to mind when you ask that are always, it didn't happen very often, but there would always be a time or several of them when you'd get a call or, you know, and it could either be the office of your children or my, you know, my son's school or my husband texted me saying, can you get them? Or yeah. What are you doing right now? I have a meeting and, you know, because someone's sick or someone needs yeah. to leave early or whatever it is. And, you know, you make it happen, you figure it out, but it is a stress. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I remember, yeah, there's relief in that, that being gone. <laughs> yes. And my experience of, of working in schools is that schools are pretty inflexible places in lots of ways because of the nature of the work that we do, you know, as teachers, it's the lessons happen regardless of whether we're there or not. And, 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 you know, I've always found that myself that if, if I'm ever sick and you, the thought of taking a sick day as a teacher in itself is, is really difficult because you have to um, kind of get up and phone in and then plan the lesson still but in a way that a non-specialist can teach it which are you know all of that it kind of makes me think seriously about whether I'm sick enough to not go in or not yes 100 percent. I remember those moments of thinking gosh it's it's more work to be out it is it done to just go in and just get through it yes and those moments of I, you know, you try to explain it to someone else, but you know, you have 20 something children in front of you. I cannot just walk out the door, no. 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 <laughs> even if it's my own child, you know, um, and it's, it's, um, I, I, those were difficult moments yeah. for sure. I felt I would feel very torn. So that, that is a plus. And I know, I know people figure it out every day. So not, you know, making it sound like it's the worst thing ever, but that has been a benefit for sure yeah, that yeah. it's a little bit more flexible with my time and I can shape my schedule as I need to. And I think the biggest benefit is also just that feeling that I, I feel like I'm doing, I'm, I'm where I need to be right now. Yeah. And I am honoring those, you know, those, I call them whispers, Yeah, <laughs> you know, just... Yeah if there's something that you've been thinking about or want to go after um, that I'm, that I'm listening to them and I'm honoring them. And I don't know where the path is going to lead, but you know, right now I, 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 I've mentioned it in my writing, but I'm working on my first novel, which I think if someone had told me that I'd be doing that, you know, what is it four years ago now when I'd started, I never would have believed it, but it's just that feeling of, yes, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm just going to kind of trust the process. Yeah, that's great. Um, is there anything about teaching that you miss? I miss it all the time. Um, this is something I just I just wrote about. I think that we can be lots of things in our in our lives. And it doesn't have to be one or the other only at one time. Um 
there was a moment after the pandemic. I remember this when I brought my kids back to school and I dropped my son off and I watched him walk, you know, onto the campus. And I saw the door of the school office swing open or, you know, close behind someone. And I, I thought, gosh, is that, is that never going to be part of my life again? Yeah. Um, am I only going to be a parent in this context now? And I did have a moment when I just thought, gosh, I just felt sad. Um, and part of that may have been too, just because I had reinvested in myself and yeah. I felt very sure that this was something I was going to go back to. And, um, you know, it, I would sort of get back, back on track with my career. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I will, I will always champion teachers and support anyone who's invested in their learning. It's, you know, they do amazing work and I think it will always be part of me. Yes. And at the same time, the way that I feel with my writing now and the, and you know, what it's brought to my life right now, it also makes me realize that not only is it where I'm supposed to be right now, which I've said, but perhaps when we, when we make these transitions, it's, it's not a matter of, um, you know, I, I don't want to be there anymore. It's not a sharp departure, but maybe it's just a, you know, maybe I just grew out of that, mm. that job at that point in my life. Yeah. Um, and I really, you know, I never like to say never, but you know, I don't know what, what is going to happen, but I, I know that I want to be writing my first novel right now. So I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's the strongest pull for you. So you're 100%. going with that feeling, which I think is really 100%. important. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that leads quite nicely onto my next question, which was to talk to us maybe about any transferable skills. I'm sure there are lots from teaching, but into writing and things that you feel have benefited you uh, where you are now, having been a teacher. Yeah, I'd say the biggest one is organization. Yeah. I think that you have to just be, and you know this, just beyond organized and then a little more <laughs> um, <laughs> to make sure, you know, your day runs smoothly in the classroom. So that is, and and I will also add to that, that I've been home with three children for a decade. So you know, managing all of their schedules, yes. the full household also requires a lot of organization. So I think that's probably the biggest transferable skill. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, I, I think that teachers also, yes, they're very organized people, but I always sort of thought the profession attracted a certain type, like highly organized, but also with a creative streak. Mm because I think so much of teaching does require creative thinking, not only just how you're going to design your classroom and what kinds of, um, you know, management um, scenarios are you going to use, what, what works to your personality, but also curriculum design and tweaking lessons. And, you know, you may have a lesson that you teach every year, but it's going to look different with yes. every group of students. Absolutely. And I think that once you have your organization and all your systems in place, that creates a lot of space for that creative thinking. And I, I, I do think that, um, that like all of the, you know, both of those pieces 
transfer into writing, not just writing a a a piece, an essay or a story, but also the the life around it. Yes. You know, organizing time and all the things that need to get done. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think there's so many links between them and um, and every mm-hmm. I think it's I was talking to someone earlier about this that I think everything we do in our lives is is feeding into the next thing that we do in our lives. It's, it's always a transferable thread or a transferable skill that kind of yeah, um, through lines through I think. always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And were your friends and family supportive of your switch to becoming a writer and how did they feel about it and react to it? Yeah. I love this question. <laughs> um I think on the whole that yes, I think people close to me have been very supportive and I think anytime you see someone getting joy out of something it's really easy to be happy for them. I do think because of the timing of when this all came about in my life that, you know, everyone was locked down for so long. And then all of a sudden we all came back together and it was, oh, all of a sudden you've become a writer, you know, after all this time. So I think that maybe that surprised some people and it is, you know, I don't blame them at all. Oh, wait, you're not going back to your job. You're going to write a book now. (laughs) Um, Maybe a moment of just, you know, slight confusion, maybe, I don't know, just kind of surprise, maybe. Yeah. But, and, and I, you know, the, I, I think that's fair. I think anytime anyone says, oh, I'm going to leave a paying job and I'm just going to mix it up and just <laughs> do, do this thing that I've never mentioned to you. Yes. And, yeah. Right. And that you didn't see coming. It's okay. You know, give them that moment. But I think on the whole, once I got my head around it and that sort of came across in the way I presented it to people. Like I said, the, the point before I said about giving myself permission, I think the way you present it comes across when you tell people. And, um, I think most of the time, I'd say all the time, people are lovely and very supportive and very encouraging. And a lot of people, when I say, Oh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and you know, try to write my, not try, I will finish it. I don't know what's going to happen yeah, with it. Yeah, I'm yeah. writing my first novel. A lot of people are just not only maybe just, you know, encouraging, but really inspired by it. Yeah. So I, it's, it's been good. Well, I think people, when people see others taking what they might perceive as a risk um, yes. and doing something that's not the thing that everybody does. Um, right. I think it does inspire other people because they, they think, oh, maybe I could do something like that. Not necessarily yeah. write a novel, but maybe they have an equivalent, uh, you know, dream or idea in their own minds. That's exactly it. Whatever it is for you, you know, everyone everyone has something different. Um, and I, I, I do think that it, when, when, like you said, when you see someone taking that risk, it does open up just the idea that it might be possible. Yeah. In some yeah. form. Yeah. And I think, do you find that that also then spurs you on a little further into what you're doing? Because you feel like you're spreading that that inspiration and that joy around a little. Yeah, it does feel good to to see that little light, you know, in someone's yeah. eye when they, they go, oh, gosh, you're doing that? Yeah, that does feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And great. it does, like you said, it does help me keep moving. And how has your career change enabled you to be more creative in your in your life in general, do you think? 
I think that I am definitely more attuned to the things that, you know, the, just the daily inspiration and Mm -hmm. where my ideas are coming from. And I think when I first started, when I first realized I wanted to write, these ideas were, they were, they were sort of popping up throughout my day, but I didn't really, didn't really know what to do with them. You know, for example, you know, I'd hear a snippet of a conversation in the line at the grocery store, or I'd see an expression cross someone's face that I think that the person they were talking to didn't really pick up on, you know, just teeny tiny little observations that for me would spark a whole story in my head. And once I started paying attention to that and, and the idea that my mind was working in this creative way, um, I just started to be more open to it. And so now I I just understand that that's, that's how it, it works. And that's how, that's where my work comes from. I have to pay attention to it. So I do try to create space to get, you know, just to allow those, you know, those, those wheels to turn. So, yeah. and I, and I honor it when those ideas come, I do, I, you know, I keep, um, a pad of paper and a pen in my bag. Um, I just went for a run the other day. And that's honestly when I get a lot of my best ideas. And I have a snippet of dialogue come in for one of my characters. And I stopped on the sidewalk in the middle of my run. I got my phone out. You know, I made a voice memo right there. Because I thought, oh, I have it right now. It's clear. Um, So I think I understand what's happening in my mind better. But I also think that I... I, I have a better sense of how other people who are engaged in creative pursuits, what just the time and the energy um, yeah. that is and the drive that is going into their work. So people who are, you know, like artist friends or musicians, um, I just have a better sense perhaps of what is going into their work. So yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's great. And I, I mean, I feel similar to you that it's, it's that idea of allowing the, you yourself the time to let these ideas in but I, I was thinking this morning I was um I, I found myself on a bus I, I sort of walked halfway somewhere and I was meeting somebody and then I, I jumped on a bus which ended up being incredibly busy um I sort of regretted it as soon as I'd, I'd got in there but it was then really interesting because I was sitting on this bus and I was looking around me and there were all sorts of people in this small space um and I was just really observing what was going on inadvertently. I wasn't, you know, didn't plan to yes. do that, but it just happened. And I and I sat there thinking, I think I'm more, like you say, more attuned to what's going on around me. And it's like my eyes have been opened over the past year or so because I've allowed it to happen. And I don't I can't quite describe it why it's happened or how it's happened but I've just become much more aware of of surroundings and and people and interactions and yeah yeah and but you know the flip side of that and I I like the way you put it I think you wrote about this a while back but I think you described it as an ideas volcano yes (laughs) so there's that piece of it too because sometimes like oh my gosh too much (laughs) yeah too much I've got oh you know and it's not just ideas about uh, not just story ideas, but, oh, this is, you know, I want to write about this next. And yeah. then I need to, I don't know, create this community and just all sorts of ideas about 
all the things I want to do. And sometimes my mind is just so far ahead of how fast everything yeah. is happening yeah. that I, I just have to keep writing it down, <laughs> keeping yes. a lot of fun, I feel like. Yeah, it yeah. can be quite overwhelming sometimes, can't it? That feeling. Um, but maybe our organizational skills as teachers can come in there <laughs> and try and I, sort these things so, out. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, lists, so many lists. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, and I agree. And I'm constantly um, jotting down notes and, and writing things down. And I think some of those things probably will never go anywhere. But some of those seeds of ideas do turn into um, into things that, yeah, and end up writing about. Yes, which, um, and I think that uh, for me, yes, it's like you said, most of them won't go anywhere, yeah, or yeah. just they will. I will adjust them or tweak them, or they'll evolve in some way. Yeah, but I need to get them down so that it's almost like they can marinate a little bit. Yeah, and um, yeah. I love that shape. idea. Yeah, however and whenever they need to. Yeah, no, it's it's really important, I think. And when I read about other writers, um sort of practices that's often something that seems to to come up as well um in fact I read a post I don't know if you saw it but Emma Gannon had, had posted something today about um kind of tips for writing or I think it was specifically yes, for writing on Substack wasn't it um yeah. but she said something about um you know you, you you can keep all these have all these ideas and some of them will work some of them won't and she said that she also didn't plan things very far ahead she just she well, doesn't have an editorial right. calendar. Yes, yeah. I knew that, that. And when I first read it, I thought, oh, that feels a little scary, even though I don't do that because I just am not there yet. Yeah. But I realized after I read it, I thought, well, that's exactly how I work. too. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to write about yeah. next because and then when I do, it feels like exactly what I need to be writing yes. for that purpose. Yeah, I found that quite reassuring to read that because I yes, thought, oh, OK, I'm. If Great, she's you know. it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that, that was that was quite reassuring, I think, for lots of people. Um mm-hmm. so my my final question to you is mm-hmm. what would be your top piece of advice to somebody who might be listening and who is considering making some kind of career change or a big life change of some kind? Yeah. I I would say first of all listen to those whispers if something is in your mind that you know if you've been thinking about something for a while and it just keeps circling back I don't think I don't think those ideas will leave you alone until you pay attention to them in some way and it certainly doesn't mean oh go quit your job sure (laughs) yeah yeah you know it doesn't mean I, I don't think it has to be one or the other right away. I think that there are so many ways that you can just sort of dip your toe in and test the waters, take a class. That's mm-hmm. my way of doing it. But, you know, or find someone who's already doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to people. Just find a way that you can sort of try it on or get a better sense of what it might look like for you. Um, so that would be my first biggest piece of advice. Just listen, because I think that, you know, I always say trust your gut, but <laughs> I just yeah. think those voices mean something. They're there for a reason. Um, and then the other one is don't, you don't have to go it alone. Find a community of some sort. Um, and also with that, a community of people doing that that thing, whatever it is that you want to do, but also find people 
who, you know, can mentor you or guide you in some way, whether that is through a class or an instructor or just people who have gone before, yeah. um, I think are just incredible resources. And also if, if this, if something, if this thing you're trying to do or this transition you're trying to make is new for you, it's not like you've been doing it forever and all of a sudden you've decided to make it your main gig. But if it, if you are new to it, like I was to writing and you really, you know, you really do need to learn the craft of it. Mm. Um, then I think surrounding yourself with people who have gone before can really help flatten your learning curve because mm. I think when the learning curve is so steep and you're, you're trying to do it alone, it can become discouraging. Right. So mm. just, um, you know, for matters of efficiency, yeah. <laughs> ask for help. There's so many resources out there. And I think something else I would say would be that transitions can take time. Yeah. Um, and so just trust that those teeny tiny steps are adding up. They yeah. really do. Um, and, and it's actually not such a bad thing to take your time and let the process just evolve because I think sometimes it ends up better that way. Yeah. You just take some time finding your way. Um, and then my last piece, and I, I said this before would be just to remember what we, we tell our kids all the time is that you can, you can do anything you want to do. Right. And I think we, we mean that when we tell them that. So I think it's the same. It's, yeah. it's not like you can't choose again when, when you're older and you can keep choosing. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that we can be a lot of things. We can do a lot of things. There might be overlap. Um, there may not be, or it just might not be clear, but that's okay. Yeah. Go ahead and give it a shot. And uh, I think that when, when we are, open, we will amaze ourselves. And when we see what we're capable of. Yeah, I think that's, that's a lovely phrase. I like that when we're open, we see what we're yeah. capable of. Um, Maria, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you today. Um, thank you so, so much for sharing. Your oh story. my gosh, I've, I've loved chatting with you too, Hannah. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. That was Hannah Ash talking to Maria Hanley on the Shea Hanley podcast, Inspiring Creative Career Change. If you enjoyed that, then you might want to check out the previous episodes, which you can find by visiting shayhanny.substack.com. I hope you'll join me again here in two weeks' time for the next episode. See you then.